0: This podcast is rated M for Mature, Peggy 18, and R100.
1: And everything I know, I learn from Frank Miller. And everything I do, I do as fast as flash run, quarterback status, and then some... 52 buying up every issue on DC, not exclusively what I'm into, bastards, comics with the healthy wolverine classics. The soul down below, so when you think you go, Hell be exclusively Fill the past enemy to Saber two. and you killed your dad for the second time in hell, man. Tell me that's not badass. I'ma lose my damn mind, like Logan this time All possessed by the red right hand Fighting at sandstorm, Storm just chilling Nemesis laughing Cyclone mentally prepares for eye blasting Novels with the graphics, picture strips See, comedy to settle down Just a little bit and go back underground Life for permanent bastards, got it right though They write to keep the scene on the right track So they read the stack after stack And from the back. Someone gotta cat, these creators in check, man. And the verdict is Jason Aaron, yeah, he's in check. Tony Daniel, yep, yeah, in check. If you read a comic, put it back. Plastic sleeve hard more back. than in the milk great black. File alphabetically, no seriously.
0: Greetings. Comic bastard faithful. Mm. Why not? Sure. No, I hate when people say that, but eh, I'm gonna use it today. <laughs> Why? We want to treat people like a congregation. I feel like- I
2: don't. We to, well, I do. I want people to see, look up at me, and just feel blessed as I am crucified before them to die for their sins.
0: Oh, their comic yeah. book sins? Welcome to the Comic Bastard Podcast, by the way. He's Steve, I'm Dustin. Yo. Just gonna, gonna flip that intro there. <laughs> how, how the hell have you been, Steve? Yeah, I've been okay. Uh,
2: hopefully this time we will not hear uh, my child screaming her goddamn head off.
0: Um, but I can't promise anything, Dustin. I heard uh, I heard it was un- unlistenable, with the last episode. Good. Damn shame. Sorry. Except for the lightning round, people like oh, that. Yeah, you know, that's good. Eh, just giving you some on-the-air feedback. You know? I appreciate I mean, it. One person said it, so. Which yeah. person? Which person? I mean, I'll, do you want me to just single them out? They'll probably cry and never listen to them. I <laughs> we are trying to uh, no, retain listenership now.
2: That's okay. You can tell me off air and I'll find you, you
0: motherfucker. That's fine. It'll, it'll be really easy. Good. You could skip to Malou. Uh, I fucking knew it. I, I,
2: I, why didn't I even, <laughs> like, yes. He should know better.
0: <laughs> Steve, uh, WrestleMania has come and gone, and that has nothing to do with comics, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Just want to get your thoughts on Undertaker's last match and retirement.
2: Well, the actual match was sloppy
0: and terrible mm-hmm. because that's what you get when you you pair a retiring geriatric with uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say
2: with the Undertaker, yeah. um, but no. Sure. I mean. I'm glad because I did watch like, so I have become more of a, and I think I've talked about this on the show. I don't actually watch wrestling, but I still follow wrestling. Um, yeah. and I, that's kind of how I've been for a very long time and I'll dip in and out of stuff. Um, but I'll always watch WrestleMania and I'll always watch the raw after WrestleMania because I'm like, a, what was it? An Easter Christian who only goes to church. Speaking of church on, on Easter or Christmas. And like, I really enjoyed what became of him. Because like that the the way Ross started, I don't know if you saw it, was just him milking the heard, crowd. I
0: that's heard great. about it and it sounded pretty awesome. I did not get a chance to watch and I was really bummed about that. Yeah, you should check it out. Like I'm sure they have it
2: on YouTube or whatever. It's it's fantastic. And if is was was, amazing. Yeah, like if that's what this is leading up to for Roman Reigns alone, I think that's fantastic. But The Undertaker, man, Undertaker is the most comic book professional wrestler in the mainstream like ever right like he has been up and down like he's been the super villain he's been the superhero he's been the ground level hero he's been the cosmic villain you know he's been everything from uh, Rorschach to the fucking Spectre or whatever you know like he's just all over the place and like again I haven't really been following him in recent years but I still remember when he first came out um and I remember his matches, is like his match when he turned face for the first time against uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. I remember some of his best ones. And it was a great send-off after the fact. So the match itself was pretty piss-poor, but uh, what a way to go out. That was really symbolic. He's doing it old-school, no pun intended. Um, but he did it. He left everything in the ring, and I thought that was great. Uh, how did you feel when he did his whole um, Terminator 2 on the, uh, on the ramp?
0: Uh, yeah, the... the that ramp I mean I know everyone said it but' that's a lot like, someone is regretting this <laughs> yeah, ramp. seriously and and just all the free Twitter comments that were posted I mean that was all I saw with anyone tweeting about was the ramp
2: yeah um, I'm pretty sure like people were like the, the actual performers were like oh so this is what the rest of my song sounds like that's interesting
0: huh. did not realize that it was a little you know, breakout. I to get back up the ramp <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, just thank God they added commercials to that, right? So we didn't have to watch them all. <laughs> yeah, um, thank God. And I, when I saw that ramp, and I knew there was an Undertaker match. I was like, oh, God, it's going to take a day and a half for him to get down there. And the fact that they always make you watch him walk away, we got at least an hour of just Undertaker <laughs> walking and, and leaving. Uh, I'm, I'm happy he retired. I was kind of – he's a fun to watch, but – not, not the greatest lately, you know. I
2: mean, he's um, he's been classically fun to watch, but he's been hard to watch over the exactly. past. Like it's it's difficult. It's like watching your dad
0: just get beat up, and it's like Ugh. yeah, and just not being able to sell. Like he could sell stuff, but no one could get him to sell stuff just because. He was like oh botch that oh botch that sorry yeah. about that you know and that really weird botch and then it felt like he didn't want the match to end so he was just like nah keep going we're going to end on a botch you know just like yeah. keep going and roman was like i don't fuck no dude no i'm done i'm tired yeah it was
2: long
0: <laughs> but, you know i mean the, the retirement was very it was good it was touching you know yeah. so just thank god he didn't go all the way back up the ramp I was just like oh he found his mark and he lowered him oh thank god
2: Yeah, I feel like he was, I thought it would because he was just standing there for a long time and he pumped a fist or whatever at the end and he was yeah, just he still just standing there dude, he was just like yeah I was like is someone just gonna come get him does he is, is he lost <laughs> Like, yeah so but, poor guy but what a career what a
0: career for him so yeah he still got like He's still the highest paid wrestler, like, ever, so I'm pretty yeah. sure he's doing all right. That dude will be fine. He's
2: banging, what's her name? Michelle McCool? Is that who his wife is?
0: Something like that, yeah. yeah. So, I'm sure she's you know, doing I, most of the, the banging, though. He's probably <laughs> just laying, like, it hurts everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, like, when she, like, elbows him in the side, he does that spot where he, like, sits up real slow, and then the match, you know, and Roman Reigns, and he just, like, falls over, and he just kind of mounts her that way? I think that's probably what happens
0: during his love. I mean, he probably now. does that when he gets out of bed. Just like, ooh, that's the only way he can keep the, you know, the abs and the conditioning for that. And she's just like, not get the fuck off. He's just like, no, I got to keep the eyes going too. <laughs> oh, Giggity goo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's also his O face. So. Oh, man. I bet it is. Mm. Uh, I mean. But uh, wrestling. Wrestling aside, we're here to about, talk about comics because people are like, not fucking opening about wrestling, you assholes. No, I, don't, I still don't
2: understand.
0: Hold on, I don't understand
2: okay. how, on some level, you can't be a wrestling fan if you're a comics fan. Like for me, the storytelling yeah, right. is very similar. the The product is very similar. Like you have to have, at least have some kind of appreciation. Like I said, I've dropped off, but like I still am kind of invested in it. It's a, It's basically about good and evil wearing spandex fighting each other, in impossible scenarios. That's what we're talking about right so anyway continue Dustin I'm sorry
0: no it's fine I mean I, I don't disagree I think we've talked about that a lot on this show and it's past iteration <laughs> whatever you want to call that true true um comic Steve uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you something just okay. so we can all have the context of sorts and soak it in ooh let me get my listening voice go ahead marvel vp of sales david gabriel gabriel i don't know whatever uh said the following what we heard was that people didn't want any more diversity they didn't want female characters out there that's what we heard whether we believe it or not i believe that or not i don't know that that's really true but that's what we saw in sales We saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new or female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against it. That was difficult for us because we had a lot of fresh, new, exciting ideas that we were trying to get out there and nothing really worked. End quote. Mm -hmm. So basically, because this is how the internet works, everyone read that little first snippet and heard diversity didn't work and that's why they're doing the generations thing and we're gonna go back to just Thor is Thor and no more she Thor or whatever the fuck I know they want us just to call her Thor but how the fuck can you have two Thors and not differentiate one with some sort of name how Steve how? I well one is called
2: Odin's son, and the other one's called Thor that's God, I, I son can eat it
0: Odin. Whoa, day. whoa. That's I do time that. No, no, no. Just call me Odin, son. It's okay. He's the son of Odin. I get that. Just saying oh, no. he's the son of Odin. Odin's son is. Why does Odin get a special title for his children? That's bullshit.
2: It's like that. Are One there any Odin daughters?
0: What? <laughs> Are there any Odin daughters? Oh, I thought he said Odin dollars. I was like, yeah, I would love to. I mean, Odin that too. Does he just have his his face on everything? Can I get an Odin drink? Uh, we just call it. A drink? You don't have to put Odin in front of you or everything. Can I get some Odin cocaine, dude? Yeah.
2: Nose. For my Odin. No, listen. If you were fucking Odin, of course you would. I bet all of his money looks like doubloons, and I bet he's just got like a full glorious beard on them all. And like when you rub them, they they like have static electricity. Oh man, I want some Odin doubloons. <laughs> if you were a fucking god, yeah, you put your name on everything. I guess. I mean including your son him. including your son you're the odin son i should have named my kid Stephen daughter
0: <laughs> Stephen daughter Stephen daughter come here do me do me my daughter anyway um so yeah basically the you know the world freaked out like i was seeing this uh, tidbit everywhere mm. where and, and he's just He's kind of confirming what I already kind of have been saying with the sales. Like when they pulled out the IDW gimmick with the five variants per an issue, you know, something was up there. Like they weren't moving as many core issues. And so they were having to flood the market with variants in order to keep the sales high to compete with DC. So whatever you want to say about whatever DC is doing. DC offers one cover and one variant, and you don't have to have hit an order sale to get that variant. Meaning all their books are just straight up sales, whereas Marvel was like variant, 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 variant. I mean they got fucking Mary Jane month coming, and they just had uh, Venom month. Next they'll have I don't know Silver Surfer month or some shit or another Gwen Stacy month.
2: Well, yeah, and or leave hip- hip- that. not hip hop variant months. Things
0: still kind of going on? Uh, are they? Yeah, uh, like the Wave 2 or something? Cause yeah. Act, yeah, and they keep doing all those music video shit. I'm like, listen, put this much effort in your fucking comic books. I don't need music to go along with an issue that's already been out for three fucking months. Uh, yeah. But guess and- who doesn't care? This guy. Cross chop, cross chop. Yeah. Cross chop. Thank you. We get it. We get it. God damn
2: it. Stop it! <laughs> no, but it's... <laughs> One more time, do it. It's there. Oh, beautiful, That's gorgeous. Cool. <laughs> Stop it! I actually put up. There's a there's a picture of Rick Jones. I think it was like during the Skrull Cree War or something like. And it's just him just getting punched by Ronan the Accuser. You can see this on Twitter, on my Twitter. And he is like Rick Jones. The way he's like flying back is just doing this crotch chop, and it's perfect. It is perfect. So please check that out. Um. This, I mean, yeah, Marvel has been doing a lot of tricks recently. And for the most part, it's been working with them. Those variant covers have been working, some of the other things that they've been doing. Um, I understand, I read somewhere that this week or this month maybe was the first time that DC actually pulled ahead in terms of units sold, uh, which is indicative of a greater problem because as you pointed out, they're not doing those things. And if they're still selling them out... Then there is this mind, the sea change that, that needs to happen at Marvel. Um, I don't necessarily think, and I think that uh, a lot of people were saying this, um, that diversity was the issue. And I don't know if it was a trick. Like I, I sometimes I guess it could be perceived as being a trick, um, but I don't think that's the main reason, and I don't think that's what he was saying either.
0: No, oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, I, I think the variants were a gimmick and a trick. Variants, I don't think, definitely, yeah. The, the main thing I saw kind of the same three things over and over and over of what everyone said. One was event fatigue, and we have no idea what the fuck's going on with your line, which is my number one complaint, too. Mm-hmm. No idea what's going on. I pick up a book and I'm just like, whatever. I have no idea the the status of this world. It just seems like everything is nut and fuds. Is Gwenpool in continuity? I have no idea. Uh, is Spider Gwen in continuity? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, it's it's things like that though, where they just. But those are examples of them just doing whatever. They were just like, "This will get sales. This is a hot sale. Let's just do it." And I think, for me personally, I think that was the problem: was that they were too just like. What did someone say on Twitter? Just fucking do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And they kind of flooded it instead of, A, getting, they went for Hollywood writers, instead of going into the indie crowd, looking at web comics and getting actual creators that were diverse, or like minorities themselves, and then bringing them over, because A, they knew how to make comics already, they did it themselves, B, they knew how to build a fan base. And C, they would get the fucking books out on time, and it might be more interesting than having Hollywood Buttfuck 2 and 3 show up and try to get out six issues in a fucking calendar year. Um, And then the other complaint I saw was... What the fuck was it? Oh, and people wanted new characters. They didn't want, you know, sloppy second Iron Man and sloppy second uh, Captain America and stuff. They just wanted... New characters, and not just like this. And I think uh, it was G. Wilson. Oh, G. Willow right? Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Her her open letter where she was just like, "You shit on these characters, and then you turn them into the minority character, and so they have this shit on legacy that you're now expecting them to build back up. Why would anyone be interested in that character? Yeah. And I was like, that's that's a perfectly perfect example. You know, you made Captain America a Nazi. Who's really excited about Sam? Sam uh, Wilson, Captain America now? I mean... Are they all Nazis? I mean... Well, here's the thing. I love Sam Wilson, Captain America.
2: I know you do. I got a jam. But uh, I do know what you mean, and I do know what she means. Um, She actually had some very interesting points in that open letter. Um, Yeah. So if if anybody... It's on her Tumblr or whatever. Um, Very interesting point. She actually pointed out that, and this is me paraphrasing, that it was less a diversity thing and more of a ironically generational thing or like young adult readers this is what they want and it's kind of the difference of where you sell these different things um yeah via either the direct market in terms of the the older kind of core heroes or the new ones who like moon girl or whatever is going is being sold scholastic a lot you know and those those kind of things are being sold and pushed or even with champions when they were pushed in those um not Humble Bundles, but uh, or maybe it was Humble Bundles. Those kind of things, like the different markets. And she's basically saying what we need to do is not necessarily focus on, on stopping or, or spreading or anything, or stopping diversity or, or anything like that, but focus on what sells best where, basically. And I think that's kind of an yeah. important part of this conversation, but um, as well, I don't know if I, if you had another thing, because you said you were saying one, two, and I don't know if you had a third one, but. I can't. Remember my third
0: one? All of a sudden.
2: Okay, it'll come to you. But I, I will yeah. say, like, I was speaking to the, about this whole situation with some friends at work, and uh, this one of the friends of mine was saying, uh, she doesn't think it's, it's like telling of Marvel. She thinks it's indicative of the fan base what this guy said, because it's not not true um, that yeah. they've been that they've been hurting in terms of sales and that they have been trying to push these diverse characters. And I know they've been like shit has been sprinkled on top of them as G. you was pointed out. Um, but like, if they have been trying, uh, unfortunately, the people they're trying to push those people onto, and maybe this is again where those things are being sold and, and bought um, don't want them, unfortunately. And I don't think it's because they're diverse. I think it's, as you pointed out, because they're shitty characters, like most of the time, like, mosaic that new character that uh, he's just fuck, who fucking cares fool killer who fucking cares like no one gives a shit. I know i like slapstick i thought that was a great book i talked about it on the show but not a lot of people care about that that can still be an infinite comic which is how it started off right it's a digital only it doesn't need to be sold uh in yeah. another venue or another medium so i think marvel just needs to start thinking about that whatever this guy said this gabriel guy I think it was probably a slip of the tongue a and b um people took it the wrong way and c there's a lot of truth behind it still like even if it was a Freudian kind of slip
0: you know um, well and, and, yeah. and here's the thing he's talking about the direct market and whether people want to admit it or not the direct market is ruled by aging white guys yeah like Any comic book store, and in L.A., they're a a dime a dozen. There's plenty here. Every comic book store I go to, the predominant customer is an aging white guy. That's just, you know, the the facts. I can't, like, you can't just be like, ah, you know, pop some different people in here. Like, they're the ones there spending the money. And so what I – and I think one of the problems is is that Marvel listened to the Internet, and the Internet's a bunch of fucking thieves. If you look at how many people commented on this story, and I mean, I was seeing it everywhere, and I was just like, there's millions and millions of comments. If all of you fuckers cared this much, why don't they have a million sales? Why aren't books even cracking close to that number? They're not. They're in the, you know, like 25,000s and shit like that and, and higher. Like, they listen to uh, basically... A group that's stealing their shit. Yeah. And instead of actually figuring out how do we get you to buy it, they just listen to them and hope that the actual people buying it who hate change don't like diversity, or it's not that they don't like diversity, it's just like give them a new character, essentially. They want Steve Rogers to be Captain America and that's that's fucking it. You mm-hmm. know? Like that is it. They want Bruce Wayne to be Batman and that is fucking it. They don't like the change. They don't even like it when you switch the roster up on fucking Avengers. They're like, no, 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 come on now. Make a separate team. And I'll I'll give that a you know a look and maybe I'll like it. Like they don't they don't like change, and that's why they like comic books. That's why people the same thing with wrestling. People like wrestling because shit doesn't change, it's the same thing. They're showing up to escape from the world the same way that they've always done it. And so if you it's a you know, and echo what she uh wilson wislo i don't know her wilson Jewel wilson can, wilson okay i was like there's too many w's i know there's a g somewhere <laughs> and then i don't really pay attention to creators names anymore <laughs> to be quite fucking honest um you know it is where you sell it because like here i'm just gonna I got this in the mail today steve like they're not having problems moving these mm. you know scholastic they're not having fucking problem moving books um what's her name, Telgemeier, she has that line of books, I reviewed them, they're fucking fantastic, they're they're moving, she's selling more books, one graphic novel more than any other comic book in a year, Yeah. like adapt to the fucking market, try something where it's like okay, our single issues are for this market and then we do our graphic novels for this market, but like same thing with DC, they just give up, they're just like, ah, it does well on trade, but no, we're not going to do any more pres monthly. Well, but it's, I mean, talk a about just a graphic novel.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, talk about adapt or die. I mean, look how well DC is doing now. And you could say that they went back to a lot of their core concepts, right? Like, that was the yep. whole *Rebirth* thing. We talked about this uh, recently as well. And no one really got on them for that, interestingly enough. Like, they kind of went back to what worked, what has always worked, because people want that legacy. And look. Well, I uh, think. Like I just want to say ben real himself. quickly real quickly, like the reason that a lot of those people who are still like like us, who are old aging white guys who are still kind of spending our money in these is because they have been marketed towards us like and this has been a predominantly white male uh, idea. like this has been pitched to us. this has been what like th- we've been their their target audience up until recently. So that's not gonna change overnight and it's not gonna change if you fucking shoehorn things into that. Um, so it has to be, it has to happen because that is going to be your future base, but it has to be done in a way that isn't just, you know, confounding logic, (laughs) I guess. So, um, but regardless, it has worked and it can work again. And, you know, Marvel has said to your point earlier that they're not going to do events for another 18 months starting now, apparently after, or after Secret uh, Empire, after that, they're not going to do it. After
0: know? our current one, we're yeah. going to finally listen.
2: Well, I think like we- they're they're leading up to it. And I think that after the Hickman stuff, there were just there is an event fatigue, and even before that, with every all of these little events, nobody really wants them anymore. So they're listening, and I think that DC has been doing the same thing, and they're going back to the legacies that brought them here in the first place. And it's just kind of that's what's that's what's going on, you know. Um, people have to get used to it, but I think you're absolutely right. Like they have to adapt or die, because otherwise there is going to be no more marble <laughs> the
0: way. It yeah. Exists. I, and the thing is, the way they do that and because you nailed it is the marketing. Um, and I, I always, I, you know, ever since I heard this guy's this interview with uh, Sean Phillips of it's the, it's the marketing and you I, know, I deal with a lot of these people and they're great and stuff, but it's just like they're not given the tools or they don't have. The resources of the creativity to do anything like you look at valiant like they'll try anything they're just like slap our shit on this and that whatever you know Mm -hmm. but that's the thing they just don't have the marketing push they don't have the right resources because there's not enough money in it so there's no real creativity they like i get And i'm sure you get the same thing steve so many emails where it's just it's completely interchangeable it's just like here's our flattering words for our new title Mm -hmm. and that's it here's our one image poster or one word poster for our new title there's absolutely it's like no one knows what to do with promoting comic books and so they're just like you know what here's a sexy butt cheek and that works, you know, yeah. because everyone's like, well, I like a sexy drawn butt cheek. Tell me more.
2: <laughs> I'm listening. That
0: variant cover. Yeah. I'll flap, I'll fat to that. Let's go. <laughs> and but then it's like, and that's why I think everyone got so pissed at the whole variant fiasco with Marvel at the third or fourth or sixth time they did it. Is because the people that were like buying digital or just downloading on the internet because I'm sorry, but that's more of your base than your your buying base is the Mm. downloaders, Uh, especially when I can't stop seeing new download sites. It's like popping up every every which way. But, um, you know, they're reading it, a diverse book about a strong young female character. But the people that are buying it are these old white guys that are like, yeah, I want that sexy variant. Mm. (laughs) Like you're trying to appease two worlds. And what Marvel and a lot of times DC don't get, is you can't. You either got to just take one book and be like, this is for this fucking world, and this is for this fucking world, and call it a day. Mm-hmm. And I think DC has successfully started to do that. Like, The Wild Storm is like, this is the audience we're going for, with The Wild Storm. Young Animal, this is the audience we're going for. Core DC, this is the audience we're going for. And that's it. They're just like, we're just going to carve off nooks. But Marvel was, their thing's always been everything. Everything here and everything for everyone. And the minute they destroyed the Ultimate Universe... You know, yeah. and it just bled that shit into the normal because they're like, Well, we don't want to lose Miles. Mm. Let's bring Miles over and I don't want to lose Miles either. But he doesn't work in the the normal Marvel U because you're just like you just smacked two histories together and be like, deal with it. And yeah. you know what the common audiences do? No.
2: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like they should they just should have taken him and just let him have his own thing and just made it like a max series or something
0: how, how is miles in his own world with no other superheroes but his villains not more interesting yeah. and dude and anything I, they're doing i, fun. I am i'm yeah when spider woman thing. Dude, thing like i
2: i fucking love miles morales like I, I think he's great what a great handoff to an amazing character like and for him to stand on his own as Spider-Man, and seeing that journey was fantastic. It's the reason I want to see him in the movies. Like I think that story is more compelling. It's the reason that I think Sam Wilson as Captain America is more compelling because you put somebody uh, from a different background into that position, and it's very interesting. And you see that person grow in a story that's never been approached before, um, and. It's, The problem is that both of those started off well enough and now they're just narratively tanking. I think both of them are are terrible. And I think you also hit it where, and I I think Marvel's going to be doing this a lot more of, they're gonna be investing more time, more of their effort, more money into making good stories um, and using that as your platform rather than just something that's important. I've mentioned this before, but I was listening to a podcast that said Comic books, I will rate a comic book that is important more than a comic book that is good. And I think that is wrong. I think that is completely wrong. Um, a comic book should yeah. be, a piece of art should be good first and the message should be part of why that's so good um, rather than the, the leading, the, the driving factor. Um, I d- that's not to say that we don't need more of it, but come on, like it's going to, if it's if it's good, it can be important right? Like this is what you need to focus on and I hope we'll be doing
0: that. Well, it's like what you've always say with like all ages where you don't feel there's true all ages books and stuff because they get lost trying to teach the moral that they want to teach. And that's the thing is like when you look at Scholastic and and I'm not picking on any particular publisher, but you know, think of your own, maybe a stuff that boom's done, even some stuff that Oni has done recently. Um, I mean there's a lot of it I think even IDW started getting on the train and and shit like that They are in a way writing down to the audience instead of what scholastic does which is like hey kids. We're gonna treat you up, you know, we want you to not feel like we're Doing this like you're a child. Let me talk to you like a child Um, and I think that's a problem with a lot of the actual comic book industry all ages stuff is that they treat like, it's people without kids writing to kids. Mm-hmm. And so they talk to them like children, but that's not how, you know, when you have your own kid, and I'm not sure you know this, Steve, and I hate to say this because it's super annoying, but it's just one of those, you don't know it until you're doing it type yeah. of thing. There's things you can you can do hypotheticals all the time, but until you're just like, you're in the fucking, in the fires, and you're just like, all right, how do we get out of here, baby? <laughs> <laughs> that you're just not going to know, you know? Yeah. So, it's where the annoying phrase, you don't understand, you don't have kids, comes from. It's, it's annoying, like, but it's, it's fucking true, everybody. Know? Look, like, last last time we it recorded. Is, it's super annoying. <laughs> it's super yeah. uh, Ugh. I know. And I hate that, because it's just like, shut up, I don't know how to deal with kids. And then you get one, you're just like, I don't know anything, they were right. Exactly. Fuck, fuck them in the world for being right.
2: <laughs> that is, it's true, you're bitter because that phrase is actually true, yeah. and you're like, Whatever, and then you find out, fuck me. Fuck me. Like, this (laughs) is way different. You don't have
0: have to use the phrase, which is why I don't. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of, there's this this realization one day where you're just like, everybody was right. (laughs) I hate everything in the world more now. Well, listen, I think that
2: honestly, Marvel is having that little kind of crisis of self at the moment. I think that they are yeah. really going like DC did because DC fucked up with new 52. Right. It's like you, they didn't understand. They didn't understand until they were really, really mired in their own shit, literally in our case, baby shit, but in their case, their own shit. And uh, and then they finally got it and they finally started listening. And I think that like they're going to start turning a corner. I have to believe it, and they're going to start acting like parents again if we're going to continue with this metaphor, and start treating their children with respect, and start like growing, you know, growing them, making them, allowing them to grow, rather than just stunting and, as you pointed out, talking down to them. So hopefully, we'll we'll start getting good Marvel shit again because I love Marvel, man. We talk about this all the time. I fucking love Marvel. They've got some great concepts. They've got some fantastic characters, and they've told some really good stories. And if they can start doing that again, like DC is now. Man, fucking DC is killing it. I've I've really been enjoying a lot of the DC titles. Doom Patrol uh, and all of the Young Animal stuff has been great. Wildstorm so far has been fucking fantastic. I can't wait for more of that. Like, it's great, man. Like, and they're really. I think Marvel needs similar shakeups, and hopefully this will lead to some good stuff. This this a little bit of a hiccup PR wise. Luckily that Pepsi ad came out and you know took a lot of the shade for them, but. Uh, you know yeah,
0: seriously. They, yeah. they must have been very happy. <laughs> Someone at Marvel <laughs> just brought in the case of Pepsi It was just like, Thank them. <laughs> Thank them. <laughs> seriously. Um so we'll see. Yeah, I mean and to the it's like and also current crop of creators that are dominating the sales of the comic industry, but I've never found any of them to be so riveting that I would follow them like the way I do Warren Ellis or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like there just isn't that person right now. Mm-hmm. And some people can make some arguments and I would shoot those arguments down with a couple of sentences, you know, like, Oh, Nick Spenta- no, no, no. He said you can't punch Nazis. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but Warren Ellis gave a great argument of why you can. No. There you go. Not to just keep bringing up Horn Ellis, but there's a reason for that as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I do hope they get some things, because I I don't find anything they're doing interesting. You know, when you just say, here's a new character in the armor, I don't give a fuck. You know, here's a new person holding the shield. Like, with Sam Wilson, it's at least interesting he was there. But, like, the rest of the stuff they kind of did was just, like, it was kind of just overnight. Like, here you go, deal with this. And it's like, okay, but what about, like, build up? Like, why don't you build up to this? And I know you guys plan this stuff out, but it—it's just there could be a very natural progression to stuff. And I don't think—I don't think the current editor in chief at Marvel is good at that. He's a hotshot Booker. Mm-hmm. Like, he just—he's like, boom, 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 just do it. And that's great because it moves comics faster. But this is the outcome: you run out of shit to book, and uh, and everyone's just kind of like, "What do you got? Nothing? All right, fuck him." Yeah have the champ fall down in the ring and just give the belt to hogan <laughs> you know i mean that's like that's what you're left with when you do that shit. are you saying that he's like, like vince russo is that what you're saying is that you're implying i i'm saying he is definitely the vince russo of marvel right now so <laughs> i mean it's true though yeah and if it gets back to him You can come on the show and do your flattery little Marvel talk, and I'll still be like, I don't know, Vince. I'm just not buying it. (laughs) My name's Axel. I've told you five times. Ah, whatever, Russo.
2: Yeah. We'll just speak to him in the Russo voice. I don't know. I can't
1: believe.
2: He just sounds like a New Yorker. He's a douchebag. Bad. Yeah. Perfect.
0: So, uh, Steve, I think, is there anything else you'd like to to say other than giving your prayers and blessings to – marvel because i know you're rooting for them i personally would find it very interesting to see them fail and to see what that would do in the comic book industry
2: they are failing they are failing i mean like number wise they're still doing okay but i mean this is the beginning of a trend which i'm i think they're hoping to stem but i think a little bit of humility is good for every big business every person every country really um every institution but i think it's shows the character, the moral fiber of any of those individuals when they can bounce back and do something great. So yeah, I do hope that they kind of go through this period and have a lot to learn from it and hopefully become better. Um, so I am rooting for them. Yeah. I can do it up, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they were being very cocky. Sure. Um, especially when DC did the, you know, the, the rebirth, uh, Soft reboot, like they were very just like, oh, we don't have to do. Uh, we're the Marvel. Everything's already here. Just don't look at the Secret Wars. No one knows what the fuck's going on there. Yeah, you can say whatever you want about Jonathan Hickman. That was a piece of shit, Steve. That was look not a piece of that. shit. Look at the results. What? What the re- What results? Of the chaos that is Marvel now. Oh, that wasn't because of was of Hickman. like. Listen, I don't give a fuck what's going on here. No, that that wasn't because of you him. I, pool.
2: That was. I got, got to, had it my to do with. I mean, I do have got to actually holding it open. Everything like, to do with everything. Goatsy is a goatsy situation. Um, yeah, no, I think that I love Secret Wars. I thought that was a great fucking series. It's ironic, fucking great art, whatever, man. Yeah, the mouths open all day or day. Just waiting. Just
0: no, 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 no. everyone. Yeah, just everyone was waiting for a galactic dong in their mouth.
2: I mean, who isn't really?
1: Isn't that what I mean, life is all about?
2: The meaning of life is a galactic dong, Dustin. Wake up, stay woke. Hashtag.
0: Stay woke. Yeah, Marvel needs to get woke. They do actually. They're like looking it up. They're like, oh no, that's not us. No, but no. that's. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should move to Burbank as well, and then we'll be more woke. <laughs> you got to move to Anaheim, but you won't get woke in Anaheim. You'll just get more white. You'll just get broke. What? No? Does uh, that make sense? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. I don't know what you're going for. I was going with uh, Anaheim's the whitest place in uh, Southern California outside oh. of uh, San Diego. Makes sense. Or Sacramento. California is weirdly white in some spots it's just like weird like a white bubble and you're just like what <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about this steve let's talk about this talk about staying woke talk about warren ellis trans metropolitan yeah man volume two lust for life we were supposed to do this last time but my kid you get a fucking
2: aneurysm it is a great cover you it's know. a great everything really I don't know how, for, okay, before we go into speci- specificity. uh, Yeah. What, like, are you still enjoying this trans-metropolitan journey that I've shoved you along?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's actually uh, great. I, I'm kind of glad I read it at this point in my life. I think if I had read it earlier, I don't know if I would have been as, not critical but as aware of everything he was doing i think i would have just been like this is amazing and been more lost in how good it you know how good it was and really missed why it was good yeah if that makes sense i yeah. would i would have been more on the hype train than uh the like logical processing train that was just like yeah no this is good for a lot of logical good reasons <laughs> that's how you talk in a
2: logical train by the way people. that's yeah it's fact um, the was, hype train, you're just like, whoa, just all the time. <laughs> Ric Flair, constantly.
0: Yeah, it's just a um, Ric Flair train.
2: Old age Ric Flair, who just isn't really, kind of incontinent and doesn't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, the slick back hair, and he's just like,
0: where's my alcohol? Why is my daughter here? What is she doing with my gimmick?
2: <laughs> oh, she's a very attractive young lady and very talented. But um, for those of you who don't know, maybe we should probably say that we are doing what's called... Uh, Here at the Comic Bastards podcast, The Year of the Bastard, which will be um, more, you'll know what we're talking about more next time because that, there you go. For those of you who are following us on YouTube, which you can do, uh, Dustin just flashed the next trade, which is called, funnily enough, Secret. what? Year of the Bastard. Um, So yeah, Dustin is reading Transmetropolitan for the first time. I'm reading it for the third time. I can't remember. like All the way through, probably the third time. But uh, I actually do agree with you because the first time I read this, (laughs) I am a loser. The first time I read this, like, I think I was a bit... I think I read it kind of... um, Was it just when Bush was, like, I think, uh, elected? So I was, like, right in college, basically. Um, My Mm. second or third year, maybe even fourth year of college. And it was, I was like, oh, this is really good. Like, the writing was genuinely great. And that's kind of what I was focusing on, more than the message. But I think right now, in 2017, currently, like, this is, as you said, a perfect time to read this. Um, Yeah. And it seems like every trade so far has been focused, I don't know if you agree with this, on one particular thing. Like, the first one was kind of like him coming back, I guess, obviously. That's the arc, of course. It's more of an introduction. But this one lust for life uh the second trade in the series seems to be about refuge or being a refugee in a lot yeah. of cases um which of course a lot of shit is going on right now uh, obviously yeah um, that's why i was
0: very point two weeks ago but yeah you know, no, i know it's, yeah,
2: it's still relevant and it's not the only thing theme, theme that's going on in here there's a lot of uh, i guess the first one was talking about a lot of transitioning um Happening and the old to the new—that's still happening a lot in this. Um, do you want to go through it and kind of like talk about each story real quickly, or um, do you want to talk about this as a whole?
0: Um, no, we, can do we
2: could. Like we could talk about like what happened, like the big things that happen uh, in each one.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, you 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 can lead. Okay, if you want, I think sure. everyone's hearing me a little bit. i don't know about that sure they are yeah (laughs) they 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 are i talked to them and uh yeah
2: um so the first story within this is i can't i don't know if i'm going to be able to find the actual story headings or the titles but it's about boyfriend is a virus boyfriend is a virus there you go uh and that's quite right on the nose because this is about shannon or Shannon, who is spider jerusalem the Antagonist, antagonist, guy in this—the uh, journalist, gonzo journalist, kind of gone wild. It's his assistant, and she is dealing with a situation wherein her boyfriend has dis- has chosen to be transformed into a cloud of nanobites, basically, right? Like they're tiny, yeah. tiny little robots. So his consciousness is going to go into those, and there's within this world of problem <laughs> Within this world of transmigrating, there are like several religions that are going around and schools of thought, as we saw last time with um, Spider Jerusalem kind of acting as Jesus within uh, the the vendors and stuff like that, like kicking all of them over. Um, and we will see this more, I think, in the future, where there are so many religions going on and so many schools of thought. One of which is transcendence, um, being a common theme throughout them. And this this whole idea of um, transferring your consciousness to a cloud like substance, which I'll kind of show in the YouTube video. I was
0: on that same page.
2: Oh really? Uh, This is kind of what they look like for people who follow them on YouTube. They're basically just big pink clouds and they can kind of pull matter from the, I don't know, the environment that they're in and make stuff. So they can make like little flowers and roses, which you see throughout this whole thing. And in that very page and yeah, so it's it's her dealing with this becoming this her boyfriend becoming this thing and not being able to be with him again, and Spider Jerusalem kind of helping her through that, like through that process. Um, yeah. and I like it's very very it's a very interesting thing like what they talk about in terms of existence. What does it mean? Like, do, like are we our bodies? Are we something more? Does it matter if you're kind of transferred into something else? Um, and that bleeds nicely into the, the following stories I feel like um, which is why I think there's one kind of constant theme I, did you have anything to like anything of, of to, to point out in this particular story um
0: well I think this first one I thought was pretty just, it was just a, such a great and clever idea because I thought you know the way they kind of build that first was just uh, you know just digitizing his brain you know but he'll be brain dead after that but they actually, use his entire body they use his old body to create his new body and i thought that was kind of incredible in a lot of ways it was just like such a awesome idea so Mm. i really i really like that um and then to go into like your refugee type story is the next one yeah where this woman wakes up like he goes over her entire life and how she wakes up from cryo freeze and she's all confused and and it's just like how the world doesn't really want her there but she's stuck there and she doesn't really want to be there either but you know like it is what it is and she's just kind of dealing with that and i thought that was just such a poignant, like way of pointing out like refugees of like hey you know they're refugee they don't they want to be in your country they want to be in their own country but they can't so they're just trying to make the best of their life and not be treated like shit just because they had to leave their home um i just thought that was it was a really incredible story how he just kind of built her entire life and how just presenting all these people and like how they can't even like sleep because they're just like so fucked up being over like over censorized by the the new world and everything and and which would be the case for, you know, a lot of people maybe coming from a third world country to a huge big ass city and just being like, Whoa, what the fuck? Like everything here can kill me in a heartbeat. So Yeah. I think
2: it's absolutely right. Like they show this woman who is He was supposed to wake up next to her husband who was supposed to be there with family, but he wasn't able to make it to the cryogenic uh, freezing thing. So she's all alone. And as you said, she's inundated by this other world, this different place that she's just not familiar with. And she's kind of thrown in with all of these other people. And like, there's just this amazing thing that I'm looking at right now where they just kind of shove them into all these bunk beds and everyone is just awake. And they're just like, what the fuck is going on? And, like you can tell that like in the refugee camps i think that you rightly pointed out like what's going on and um like you see spider jerusalem just kind of writing this story and i love what like in general i love just to kind of go on a tangent here um how they use his inner monologue is just his writing i think that's fantastic because i think it's a little bit cheap when you show someone's inner inter, interior monologue because it's like Okay, yeah, I guess they're, like they're introducing you to the story, but then there's a little bit of narrative weirdness going on because are they talking to an audience? Why are they saying this? Why are they thinking this way? No one goes through life like this, but he's writing these stories, which I think is just like a very cool idea. It's my daughter, um, but yeah, it's I, it was so sad, tragic, but amazing yeah. and touching. Like, and it was very short, but it felt longer. Um, and I think that what Warren Else is saying is basically like could be summed up in the last thing that is written. There are two, three almost pages that are wordless and you just see Spider Jerusalem having finished and his last um, things that he writes are, Mary will live for maybe another century, but her story's over because you wouldn't have it any other way. And it's like a lot of people look at the refugee crisis. They look at all of these things that are going on and just say, that really is fucking terrible but then they just kind of move along right like and then something else catches their attention and that's it because we wouldn't have it any other way because it's too uncomfortable to to embrace or to kind of go against you know it's and I think that's what he's talking about What's that it's too much work exactly exactly Um, and that leads directly into the next one as well like which do you want to talk about this one too
0: Yeah. Well, I thought this one was super interesting. So there's these settlements where you get to basically, you can walk around and it's like an amusement park of people living in past societies and, uh, and the people volunteer for it. And kind of like, if memory serves me correct, they get their kind of their mind wiped. So they're not aware of the outside world and stuff. And there's some, um, Programming to some chemical that they've swallowed that makes them forget the people that have been there after they've been there. Like, so they see you and they just kind of accept you. But then when you just like when you're out of their lines of sight, they just forget and go back to you know living how they live. And uh, I thought it was particularly interesting when he goes to the Mayan civilization. And uh, if I can find it, oh, this is the or no, it's not the Mayan, uh, this is the fifth title reservation people die to teach us lessons about religion and environment we keep history close make damn sure we learn from it and i thought that was interesting because it's the fifth time and it's kind of a statement in that no one is learning from it yeah and they're still just repeating it but the message is still not being learned because they just keep repeating it and i just i thought that was very just like Perfect and how yeah. they did that of like or how he did that of just being like, you know, we 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 learn history so we don't repeat it, but we still repeat it, you know. Yeah. And I think, holy shit, is that not what everyone's been kind of saying about the United States lately? Mm-hmm. That uh, we did not learn from history and we we're repeating it.
2: Well, so, yeah, and it, and it's interesting too because the reason that he's going to these reservations is because nobody else is. Like everybody else is just ignoring these things. Like yeah. the big thing, like he goes, and obviously we talked about this in the first time that we that we talked about Transmet volume one, he wants to be away from the city, he hates the city. But as we'll see in future, he has to be there because that's the way he writes. And there's this great picture of him, um, and this is it, I'm showing it on YouTube, um, with him just standing in this reservation and there's nothing around except for the natural world. And the reason there's nothing around is because it's a process to get into these things. You have to get, like, you have to kill all of the, the new future bacteria that he's got and all of, like, the the cancers and all of the whatevers. But no one's going. And the reason he's alone is because no one else is going and nobody cares. So it's that old idea yeah. of those who do not remember history are doomed to repeat it, like you said. And it's like, yeah, we're just going to pretend that never happened. It's kind of like the refugees that we were talking about, which is why I think it feeds so nicely into that story. Like, people just kind of ignore that these things have always existed, will continue to exist, that a lot of people put their very... Like, sacrifice everything about themselves so that we will remember, even if they don't, and no one cares. Like, that's such an amazing idea, and it's so fucking tragic.
0: Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, I think that's why it's so brilliant. It's because it's just... It's a very... It is so tragic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then the kind of the last uh, big batch yeah, of it's... the story is people trying to kill him. Yeah, it's like, uh, this, is, it's, this is it's weird. It's like intricate. a collection of, of short stories, isn't it? Almost. Yeah. So there's some there's a kid that has no head and looks like a just a puckered butthole <laughs> that's uh, in his editor's office saying that it's his dad and then there's these guys that show up to try to kill him and it, like feeds into his ex-wife has duped these guys. Uh, and I, f- I forget the catch, but it's worth reading. but she's basically she won't she's frozen. she's a cryogenic head and uh, she won't come back to life until he's dead. <laughs> so she's trying to speed up the process. Um, by kind of sticking these people on him and he's just like hey fuckers I got like nothing to do with you if you want to like fix this problem just you know get rid of that head um, because they were like we've got your wife's head he's like ex-wife I don't care just kill her just kill her be done with it but then the really important part is that uh, the editor's like assistant has this really tragic story because she ends yeah. up being behind the everything and you see why spider jerusalem is not a hero for the people per se he is a gonza journalist he is for the story and i think he knows that and i think that's why he always wants to get away from it and go back to the mountain because he doesn't i i don't i don't get the impression especially having dipped into the third volume already that he likes being who he is i don't think he like i think it's just he's great at it it's part of his nature but i don't necessarily think he's happy with that you know he doesn't want to to be this like so i guess uh enlightened in how the world actually works that it makes the world a miserable place to live Mm. and feeling that it's his job to point it out to everyone but he will do anything in sacrifice of the story and I think just him and how the editor, just the editor's part and how he handles it and how he talks to this woman and when he realizes who she is and what he kind of inflicted upon her inadvertently in some, in some aspects kind of inadvertently. I don't think, mm-hmm. he, it's just more he just didn't care. You know, yeah. he just didn't care that she got caught up in his shit. But uh, yeah, that part, that's what's worth reading of that because him, you know, riding on the toilet and these guys coming for him and, and just being like, you know, fucking middle fingers to everyone. It's just more of that backstory that's happening. The subplot yeah. that is just like, oh, wow, this is really, and, and the dog, the talking dog that's castrated because of him. I was just like, yeah. oh, that dog. <laughs> like, well, true. I was like, whatever. I hope that dog gets lit up or something, but
2: but it's, I mean, like, he's put in there for the same reason that she's put him in there. And that yeah, that's, exactly. like, like this is, what's interesting to me is, first, like, there's something I noticed, particularly in the third one, but also in this one, like, you see very different versions of Spider Jerusalem, right? Like, I think that's what Derek Robertson does really, really well, um, yeah. in that he's mostly, like, screaming, and you see him behind his shades. But, I mean, actually, this is a very good example. I'm going to show another uh, image, but... You see there are like two different uh, styles of Spider Jerusalem there that he draws. There's the one that looks innocent and the one that looks like screaming. And I think you can like go back and forth. But one thing that I think I'm learning now about the character Spider Jerusalem, and this became, we'll talk about this, I think, more in the third volume, um, Year of the Bastard. But it's that I just thought he was a very cool character when I first read him because he is he is. Warren Ellis' off-the-leash I want to just say fuck you to everybody. But Spider Jerusalem is a piece of shit. Like, Spider Jerusalem should not be celebrated. Um, he is a great journalist because he will do anything to get to the truth. But he is not the hero. Like you said. Like, he is not the hero of the story. He castrated a dog, which is basically a sentient person, to the degree where this dog, his life is ruined. And fair enough, like, this dog is a piece of shit too, but like,
0: it's fucked yeah, up. But, I mean, it, yeah. yeah,
2: it's like, it's See, messed up. Two wrongs don't make a right. Type exactly. Of thing, you know. And like what he did, inadvertently or not, to this poor editor, or this poor assistant, is fucking inexcusable, really. like, And I think that's the important part of this. Like, this makes you go, oh. Like, everything up until this has been like, oh man, what a cool character. This is fucking great. Like, he's, you take him to yeah. task
0: everyone. And it's like, he's... Oh, and I best. and I think that was probably Ellis's entire point for sure at this point because I can only imagine you know after that especially after their whatever's in however many stories like six issues or maybe even seven are in that first volume that when he got to this point everyone was just like
1: yeah this character's
0: awesome and he was like whoa whoa calm down no he's not let me let me pull back and show you Hey he's he's gonna kill some people and he doesn't give a fuck really it's like. Yeah. He didn't have that. I, I thought that, and it's should probably touch on that too. He kills a, a couple dudes, or maybe three, and there isn't even a remote sense of panic or remorse. He's just like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. And at first, that seems kind of cool, but when you think about it, it means that's how familiar he is with death and taking a life. That this shit does not phase him. He. He's like how is this affecting me
2: mm.
0: Not, and eh, I just snuffed out three life forms whatever um, and, I, and I think maybe that's like glazed over a bit because the story just kind of goes there because he's just frantic after that he's a little bit frightened he's frightened for his own life which is a very human thing and I think the story kind of focuses more on that and eventually but yeah he just kind of takes life and is just like eh oh well yeah. Yeah. you know. Like, it was either me or them, and then that's, you know, kind of what he says. It's weird, because that's what he thinks about the city is. It's, like, life or death, me or them, but uh, usually it's flipped, and that's, like, how the mountain would be.
2: Yeah. And it, it's it's interesting, so. too, because, like, this whole, like, the revenge story of the dog happens, and the dog finally gets to him, and it's just inconsequential. Like, he, he leaps at him but is at that point blind and just completely fucked up because of all of his misadventures. And he just like falls behind him such that like, regardless of whether spider Jerusalem wants that to be like, like cares or anything else, it just happens. And it happens around him. Like he is a selfish motherfucker as much as he like wants to get the truth out there. And I don't necessarily think he wants to do it because he's, although he is in, in many senses narcissistic, but he is just, he's just doing it because that's what he does. You know, like, I don't think he's, there are certain points in this. And I think that's what makes him such an interesting and um, multifaceted character. But, like, he is very affected by things. Like, when the when the first story first starts off, like I said, he was helping Shannon through what it was a very difficult process. And he was doing it his own way. But by the end of it, man, what a fuck it! what you learned about this dude through, through this entire thing. And, like, you know, he, he exposes this one thing where, um, these um, um, young kids are getting exposed to this virus and they're they're being used to grow this whatever that bacteria or whatever it is yeah um, and he exposes them and that's a great thing and then in the same breath like you realize he basically helps this woman get sexually assaulted by an entire
0: bar filled of people and just like yeah huh yeah like that's what I was kind of saying is that it's just he's so smart in a way he can see the, how the world works, but because of that, it almost desensitizes him to humanity. Yeah, like he in one breath he wants to look out for humanity, In the other breath he just absolutely loathes it and can't stomach it. He's just like, why can't you see it? Why do I have to do this for you?
2: Hmm. So, and it's like, look, I mean, in the next one, um, this is not really a spoiler, but his article become is is called something, and it's called I Hate It Here. And oh, what he a, does... I think
0: it starts in here, too. Though. Is it in this one?
2: Okay. I like. Yeah. I know it becomes popular, and it, it actually gets called I hate it here. and Maybe it is this yeah, one. No, sure.
0: Yeah, it's this one. It, I forget where, but it's... Uh... Yeah, it, it is definitely in this oh, one. Yeah. Because it's, it's at the very beginning, actually. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, at least
2: <laughs> that's... Uh, yeah, okay. So, I mean, like... No, no, it, no, it, 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 it like... happens
0: in this one, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that that's... Like that just tells you, like he fucking hates it. He hates everybody in the city. He hate, like, and yet those are the people that he's trying to save and like It's just a very weird
0: dynamic that he has with with life, I guess, in general. So, yeah, yeah. yeah the next one gets all political, folks. So you're gonna oh. love it. Steve and I love our politics. We do like some politics, and this is very, very interesting. Yeah. Wow, talking to be some... like Brian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Just uh, a <laughs> life being snuffed out on the planet. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Mm. So that'll be fun. I think it's uh, it's gonna get good. So it gets, we might sneak uh, it in next time. I don't. know. Whatever.
2: We could try. I, I'm okay with this. I'm I'm having a blast doing this all over again. And I think, again, like if you if anybody listening to this uh, has the chance either to read it for the first time or read it again i think it's definitely worth doing so um right now because there's so much uh that this touches on that i think is just incredible so
0: yeah and well and i and if anything i'd say if you read it and you were just like oh this is amazing because of the writing and the character and everything you know reread it to see like without the, the the gaze of hype or the glaze the glaze I think both work. Both of those things work. work. All right, we'll go with it. Anything gazy or glazy (laughs) of hype, and uh, you can maybe see different things in the story that you didn't notice that hopefully we uh, pointed out for you that uh, Spider Jerusalem is a a terrible human being. I don't think Warren Ellis has ever said that he was, like, supposed to be praised and loved or anything. I could have swore I read once that he was like, no, he's a piece of shit, and I, I don't want you to, like... Be like, yay for this guy, you know? It's yeah. one of those things you're not supposed to cheer for him.
2: No, but he's he's like Rorschach in that way, right? Like, where people remember him as a cool character. He's a piece of shit, man. Like, he was not yeah. a good character. He's not supposed to be a good character, and that's the point. Yeah. So the people who save us are not always good, and the people who say that they're going to save us are generally politicians, not good at all either. So nobody's good.
0: Yeah. That's the message. That's the uplifting message that we'll leave you with, I guess. <laughs> So eat a gun is what Steve's saying. <laughs> Me, I'm saying wait until next time so you can hear another episode of Comcast's Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, whether you're watching this, listening to this, or whatever. We appreciate your comments. If you have something you want to add to the Transmetropolitan that we missed, maybe, something where you're like, oh, you guys completely missed this, we would love to hear that. Yeah, We welcome your comments. If you like the lightning round, let us know. We will do it again. I'll make Steve answer twenty some odd more questions that will be given no context to. Yes. And uh, just in general, if you have something you want to say to us, you can find Steve at Steve Empire on Twitter. You can find me at Ender the Hero, and you can find Comic Bastards at Comic Bastards or on ComicBastards.com, where we welcome you because that's where this podcast is hosted. And without you going there and going clickety clickety, we wouldn't <laughs> do it. So. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk at you next time.